Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. episode 150 and a good one at that this is your boy east coast trev and as always steve <laughs> steve <laughs> just steve. just steve <laughs> i love it i love it oh man what a week dude it's been yeah. craziness well you know what's crazy it just kind of dawned on me when we started this what's that we've done this for 150 weeks straight without missing a beat 150 episodes not a single episode missed bro i think it's you know and it's one of the successes of of podcasts right is is the consistency and we're seeing the consistency on our end like why what it pays off to have that consistent you know like one of the tricks we always talk about is like you have to be consistent you can't miss a week you can't miss two weeks you can't miss a month like it, you have to do this and grind every single week. And it's just, it's important, man. I mean, people want to hear, I don't know why, but people <laughs> want to hear the podcast, right? I mean, it's just the way that it goes, you know? So it is what it is, man. Well, this is a fun one. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm excited for this. Not only the show, but but for the event. I, You know, Huntstock is going to be one of those things, and especially watching it develop and grow um throughout the years and being being there at day one i think is going to be one of the cool things and what is to come for hunt stock is going to be really cool um patrick has done a phenomenal job in building this i mean it's kind of crazy because like he kind of came out of nowhere right like patrick himself with hunt suburbia podcast came out of nowhere we've had him on before uh when i was at the springfield show but um started a podcast and came out running so it's going to be cool to see what he built he's got a lot of really good guests um i mean we're going to be there so that's most important no just kidding yeah, just, um just come see us we have a lot of really cool <laughs> swag and giveaways so i did i did uh so there's gonna be two dozen hats at there so we're gonna bring two dozen hats how long they're gonna last i don't know um we're gonna have obviously our stickers and some other merch and so on and so forth but as of right now, working on all these things, and obviously we still have a month, um, we have a Classic 2 saddle from Latitude. We have a whole entire line, grunt tubes, turkey calls, turkey mouth calls from Nor'easter Game Calls. There's some cool stuff coming from Vital Grounds. There is uh, Bow Hunting Magazine, Zeus Broadheads, um, and still waiting to hear back from some of the other sponsors, but we're going to have a ton of giveaways. Um, we're going to have to come up with some type of game or something where people can win these things. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, so you guys got to go and get your tickets um, and use the promo code outdoor drive and save yourself some on the tickets. And it's very important that you do a pre-sale on this 
because if you don't, you might miss out because there is a, is this, this is a cap event. Capped event. Yeah. So if you don't get your tickets now, you may never get them. I mean, period. Um, you can try and do it at the door, but there's no promises. So the best thing to do is get your tickets ahead of time. Um, and you know what? You could always swing by the booth and come and podcast with us. I mean, that's, that's what we're, we're going to podcast. We're there podcasting, man. We're there all weekend. It's, it's going to be a blast. So I'm really fo- looking forward to seeing everybody when we get up there. But so, dude, I'll tell you this, man. So you send out some pictures the other day of some really cool deer. I'm actually really excited about that. <laughs> well, I showed a very select group of some of the up and comers that we have coming through that property we've been working on. Yeah. And uh, let's just say that the work is paying off. Yeah, um, I've never had two year olds and one we determines probably three, maybe four. And, and he's he's the moose. And then, oh, he's uh, got that. OK, that's yeah, that one. Uh, it's and then I, we got that. We got the caribou. <laughs> so so is that are you naming a moose or like is that uh, it's his kind of everyone yeah. that's seen it, it's like, oh, it's like a damn moose paddle. So crazy, crazy story, right? Um Last year, I was at uh, Brockett's place, the taxidermist, uh, Chris Brockett, and uh, not, not Brackett. Chris Brackett. <laughs> I know. We go over this every fucking time that we talk about this. So Chris Brockett, um, and a guy had actually brought in one that was very similar to that on one side. Like, he, it was a moose paddle, bro, on one side. Mm-hmm. It was real tall and moose paddle, like just straight, just moose straight moose paddle. Animated. Dude, it's wild. And then the other side is a big fork. But when you had sent out the picture, I was like, bro, no way. That's the second deer that I've seen like mm-hmm. that. Like, that's so badass. Like, and I I mean, we see deer all the time. I mean, there's 200 and something deer that come through my shop a, yeah. a year. Plus the but to have a full 300 at the tax service. main beam all the way down. And we're not talking like, okay, it's two or three inches. It's, oh, it's, just it's straight a six or pedal. seven inch palmate. All the way down the main beam. It's, dude, listen, With it's literally, I know that the people at home won't be able to see this, but it's literally equivalent to a moose paddle where it literally looks it like looks that. looks just like that. And it's why, <laughs> so like, that's literally, when I, when I saw that, that's literally what I thought. Mm-hmm. Like an actual, this only, is a moose paddle. Only got to add more girth between the G2 and G3. It goes up right. even higher. I, it's mind blowing, and literally, dude, I'm not even telling. I'm, I'm the one that that came into the shop. Literally had six points along the top of it. That's and it awesome. was just. So it, when I when I saw that, bro, and I didn't even tell you, I was like, ah, oh, wait until the podcast. It, it's literally what it is, and it's nuts that I've seen two of them. You know what's um, crazy? In two years, even crazier. Our neighbor, who hunts on the North Carolina side, sent me a picture yesterday where he hunts. And he has a palmated buck identical, only it's on the opposite side. That's wild. Yeah. So we got a right side palmated. He's got a left side palmated. How close is that in relevance from where you're getting the pictures to where he's getting pictures? Maybe three to four miles. So That's I mean, crazy. same genetics. Same what genetics. I'm assuming is a, it's not just, a car hit. It's not something crazy. It's it's legitimate genetics. Is I was guess. wondering honestly, like if he was that close like did is it the reverse camera that's all that was some my cameras thought. do reverse and then one you but know what i'm saying my it's, buck is an eight on one side 
okay. his is only a fork on one side. That's because I thought the same thing. I was like, is that thing ranging that far right now? Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for that other side, I would have swore it was the same deer. That's nuts. So I, we both have very good potential deer, man. Yep. I haven't even shared any of mine. Oh, I know. <laughs> but it, it's all right. All, all I all I want to know is that spot we found turkey hunting. Is it paying off? Is there so, anything in there? So I I no I think I texted you, bro. Did I? I think I, I sent you the picture. Oh, you sent me the you sent me one that said he showed back up, referring to the buck from last year. Okay, I don't so think I he didn't, sent me the other. Okay, so funny story. So. I was able to go into that spot where we turkey hunted and we had found that piece of an antler uh-huh. or you found that piece of an antler. Went back in and scouted it and decided since that has like a river edge to it or a swamp edge where that pinch is down, but it's down. And I went more down in right. the goalie than where we had been walking. Mm-hmm. And I had found um, a big, huge communal scrape, set a camera on it. And literally, bro, I'm getting pictures of deer every single morning, like every single morning. Beautiful. So there is one deer in there. Um, I'll show you later. It's and it makes me believe that that piece of antler came from a crab crab claw with this deer. See, um, that, that was my thought. I as much as I would like to think it was a flyer, I'm pretty sure it was a crab claw. So so today. I had it in, with me in the truck because you left it here. <laughs> I left it there on purpose. I wanted you to find the damn deer it came off. So I went to Brockett's today, and, you know, obviously he sees as much antler, if not more, than me. And I had said, where do you think this came from, from a deer? And he's like, did that break off your mount? And I'm like, no, 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 it didn't break off my mount. I said, where do you think that this came from on a deer? He seems to think that it came off of a flyer. And still believes that it came off of a flyer for the reason being that a main beam is, especially on a caliber of that deer, would be a lot thicker on the main beam. And I agree with that. But then I also disagree after getting the pictures that I had gotten um, and thinking that it actually comes from a crab claw. So we'll see what happens, man. And and with all of, you know, our early season series podcast, those ones that we had done and stuff and putting all that to actual work, like, dude, it it feels like November to me. Like my cameras are going insane, and mm-hmm. all all mine are obviously public land. So to have these deer, and I can't do minerals, and I can't do food, and this, that, and the other thing. To have deer and good deer hitting scrapes in July and June. It's mind-blowing to me, and I'm getting very excited, but I shouldn't because we won't know until breakdown. But if these deer keep patterning the way they do, you got a chance. One of my goals, I mean, dude, it's been my goal for a very long time to shoot a good caliber deer early season. I want to shoot a big deer early season so bad, bro. And it's only for the simple fact of they have that real thin, thin coat, and they look real clean and. You can have a mount that shows all the vein structures and muscle structures. Like it's always been a huge thing in mine. So this might potentially be that year. There's definitely a lot of good shooters around and just hope that somebody sticks around, man. I mean, that's, that's all we can hope for. As soon as we started walking through that, there was nothing in my mind that told me you shouldn't be there. 
everything. I mean, you remember it. We're walking through. Going, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. You know, it's not like a normal piece of public where you have to hike mm. to find it and get into it. It's like, no, it had everything right there. Yeah, I just hope that the pressure, I mean, I didn't see any human pressure in there, but we'll see what happens. Um, I, I just hate that you had to go all the sense. way to the north of the state to find it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's. We'll see what happens, man. I, I just, I, you know, I don't want to get too much of my hopes up because, I mean, I still have one, two, three, five, seven more cameras to put out before this is all said and done right i mean i only have four out right now and i kind of slacked on it my e-bike funny story so my good buddy uh caddy cowboy um he he had two e-bikes and he blessed me with one of them um to be able to use for the season and try them out kind of like a i don't even know just good friend right doing good things put them out and what uh, you think dude honestly it's one of the scariest things I've ever been on in my life. <laughs> Dude, they do like 35 miles an hour. Okay. Yeah, and that's the last thing you need to be doing through the woods. <laughs> it is insane. Like insane, insane. Like, I, so <laughs> the tube had popped on it and I had to bring it down to the bike shop. A good friend of his to go and have it checked out and everything like that. And then I had rode it. So I had rode it a mile and a half on the road, like around my neighborhood kind of. And just to like kind of check things out. And I was like, screw it, dude. You know how far my parents' house is from my house. Yep. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to ride the bike from my house to my parents' house. I got within like a 16th of a mile of my parents' house and the tire came off. So I guess on the big Maxxis tires, if you ride them low, they build up memory on the walls with those big wide tires. Yep. And literally it came out of the beat. So I'm riding and I just feel, hoo, 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 hoo. and I, dude, I thought I was going to die. Like it was, and it, things doing 25 miles an hour. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> so it's in the bike shop right now, but I'm super excited. I think it's going to be, you know, one of those tools in some areas and some accesses where it's really going to help me. Um, cause some of the public land that I hunt has big logging roads and be able to get on into. And I'm really looking forward to it. Come, um, you know, September, October, when I get the chance to go down to Maryland again and hunt with Sean, because down there is all flat. Yeah. And there's like so many roads and stuff. So it's going to be cool. Uh, just, just to have a different tool. Um, I haven't really messed around with it too much, but, uh, I think it's going to be a really good tool. I'm going to bring it to hunt stock with me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> blame so you. We have something to play around on, right? Hey, you need to run back to the truck. Go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's just cool, man. Something a little bit different, but it's all good. It's all good. But fishing's been phenomenal. Yeah, Big fish have started to show up. It. Holy crap, dude. Walk. Dude. I've seen the video and, you know, I'm doing my thing with it and whatnot, but we haven't even discussed it really other than a couple uh -uh. quick group, group chats. So it's, how'd that, it's, how'd it go? So this is trip number two. I didn't really talk about trip number one, but trip number two. So trip number one, we ended up killing a medium and a small. Um which we were actually out commercial fishing. We ended up killing a medium and a small first, first trip of the year. I was with a good buddy of mine, Mike, uh, Botswinski and another good buddy, Bill Stratton, and just been blessed with the opportunity to fish with Mike, uh, numerous times every single year. And, you know, it's one of those things when you're commercial tuna fishing, like you kind of got to know somebody, right? Like yep. you can't just like, dude, you're not going to hire somebody. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like it's, 
one of those things and just been blessed on fish with them. So last, last two weeks ago, we ended up killing a medium and a small. And then this week, uh, we went back out and on Sunday and mind you, these trips, dude, we leave at like 12 o'clock at night. So we leave 12 o'clock at night, Saturday night. So it's actually Sunday morning. We drive all the way up to the Cape fish all day long and we don't get home until midnight or one o'clock on monday morning so it's literally a 24-hour thing where you're up all night long so we got up there uh probably like three four o'clock in the morning um and we headed out at first there was a ton of fish breaking uh but just couldn't get on them then we had heard on the radio there was there was like a lot of little fish um which little fish 60 50 60 70 inches which aren't little fish like they're fun to catch but not what we're after and a commercial fish is 73 plus so we said screw it let's go so a good buddy of ours had killed like a 86 incher or 90 something incher so we're like screw it we got his numbers headed out there started fishing Literally, dude, as soon as we stopped the boat, we started marking. It was insane. We couldn't even get one rod out. The first rod goes off. Now we're in tow with a, a, a good fish, right? We thought it was a, a real big fish. Wasn't. Um, it ended up being, like, mid-60s. Um, and, I mean, dude, it, it takes a long time. <laughs> it takes a long time, right? So then we set the rod out again. Now we get the first rod out. And... The next fish, we're fighting this one for quite some time, thinking that it's a real big fish, 70 inches. Um, caught another small one after. Now, mind you, we've only been able to get one rod out. We normally have three, and we're right. live, live line and mackerel. Um, we ended up going five for six. The six fish that we ended up breaking off was definitely a commercial truck fish. Like, yeah. it was a selling fish. Yeah, and when that line snapped in the video, dude, I was like, oh. Like I, I, I mean, want to put, put that. On him. I want to put that clip of it snapping in both of your reactions. I was Dude, like, that is so perfect, but it's the, it's not acceptable by most. No, it is acceptable standards. because that's reality of it. Like I, people need to see that. No, one hundred percent. I think that that should be used in in some type of of, of a video. But that that was a hook pull bro there's nothing we can do yeah we're in full strike 30 pounds of drag like there's nothing we can do and we've been fighting this fish now for a good amount of time and he ends up pinwheeling underneath the boat and we could see him chunker dude real good fish and we just put the heat to him and it is what it is i mean the rod's almost touching the water big <laughs> fish and like it just snaps back and it it's over you know like it is what it is there's nothing we can do about it but it was a good fish anyways and it was cool and and fun and i can't wait to go back dude the bite was just out of control now mind you so uh we okay on one side of us and it, this is in none of the videos one side of us is uh hot tuna tj from wicked tuna yeah on the other side of us is fat tuna so we have two guys from wicked tuna so we're fishing i mean dude that's where we're fishing like we're we're fishing side by side with these guys like 
that's where we fish. Like we're commercial fishing, just like the guys that are on TV, like in the same exact areas. We're on the radio talking to them. They're normal dudes. Like they're catching fish too. Like neither of those guys caught commercial fish. There was multiple fish caught that were from like 75 to there was a 98 that was caught a hundred incher that was caught. Yeah, um, I heard that come over the radio. Yeah. Okay. There was a ton of, a ton of good fish that were caught. I mean, we just, you're just, you just, got to be that lucky one man but probably one of the sickest bites i've ever seen it was nuts dude it was it was insane yeah like, you're, you're play I've by been a bunch your play by play through the day was driving us nuts hey man we're we're three for four we're four for five we're five for six I'm like jesus <laughs> yeah man and a lot of those times when you're when you're on those fish like it's an hour hour and a half before the tide stops through the stop of the tide like slack tide and then an hour and a half after slack tide so things are fire right and then the tide kicks up and especially with the moons so the tide's flying so we are racing it's wind with tide at that point the fish started to shut down we ran in uh to like the 70 foot range because we're we're fishing in about 130 we run in and literally got on to uh bait in 70 feet of water and then went back out right well probably two and a half hours before slack fished all the way through and didn't get a mark for the rest of the tide and then we came home yeah it was nuts dude it it was fire for that little period of time and then things just died off but hey that's fishing dude it was incredible to catch those fish we should have killed one and brought one home but we weren't there for that we were there for giants and we were there to put one on the truck and it is what it is is, it's definitely a good thing so but you gotta you gotta fight that fight let's face it at the end of the day yeah bringing the fish in landing it take it to a truck's cool but fighting that fight i can only imagine dude when i sit and watch you guys on the video and you're switching out over and over it's like yeah y'all are worn out and and you know to paint the picture like i had said i mean you're in it for 24 hours bro so like you've been up since midnight it's 10 in the morning you've been up for 10 hours you're tired as all hell and then literally then you get on a rod and like it's inch by inch by inch like you're and when they take off they're taking <laughs> a lot of line and then the you're back to an inch by an inch by an inch you, by an you inch got like, up and, and you you watch your swivel come through and it, it hits the reel and you're like oh yeah you see the fish in the water you see him lean over with with the hook and the gaff and then you just see it's like <laughs> that sucks <laughs> there's no control at that point man no control but no it was a good time man really looking forward to to releasing out some videos and kind of showing everybody kind of what it is i was finally able to to get some type of video footage it's so tough it, it's so exhilarating man yeah. and there's so much shit going on in the boat at that point like it's right. tough that, to get that's video one footage. thing i i have when i'm looking at it when you send it to me it's like man i wish it could it's like how are they going to do it's like all four of these dudes are involved no one can hold the camera there's uh-huh. no one there to film it so it's like what you get is what you get and i and that, you did I a mean, phenomenal job it, i think the only thing that could make it a little bit better is if i put a gopro next time but i mean and i tried but i mean it would be fine in having that gopro so i'll probably have a gopro next time and then the dgi and just roll with it whatever it comes out comes out but either way we'll see it, it's it's going to make some fun little videos. I'll tell you that. Well, the good thing is I, you know, I, looking back on the footage, like 
I didn't get anything of a tuna except for one time. There was tuna was well, he was spinning at the top of the water. When Mike gets on the rod, I had set up the camera. I had moved <laughs> the it out of the. Rolled. <laughs> yeah. I had well no. I had I had it set in one of the rod holders, and then I moved it up onto the post next to him, and I never hit record, bro. We had that thing spiraling at the side of the boat, dude. Oh. It was wild, like, and it would have been perfect footage, but I didn't hit record. And it listen, happens, dude, we're man. trying to put, we're trying to make money. We're commercial fishing, it's and there's the just first, dude. It's point. fuck, bro. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unexplainable wild but it is what it is let's get to the sponsors let's get this show i yeah. got pumped up i'm sorry You're kind good, of taking man. you guys around a wild ride but um <laughs> it's it's i you know talking about it and we talk about it all the time like i don't like talking fishing but when you get me fired up like something like this is where i just get wild because this is i it's what i live for man i i love it and i'm so blessed with the opportunity to be able to go and do that with those guys because it's not something that happens with a lot of people so all right we are presented by huntworth huntworthgear.com if you guys haven't checked them out already probably should hunting season is around the corner their early season stuff is phenomenal probably one of the best gear that we've ever been in thus far uh really looking forward to killing a big buck in huntworth gear this year uh bow fishing magazine bowfishingmagazine.com you guys like i say every week Get on over there. Check it out. Virtual online magazine. We are fixing to get a date in the book and go and uh, shoot fish with Nick Sampson uh, before this is all said and done. So you guys can check out exactly what's going on. Norris to Game Calls, Norris to Game Calls uh, The Jurassic Series is built. The Sitka Calls for you guys that are Sitka Hunters, they are built. They are on the website. It is a minimum order. Uh, there's not a lot of them on the website. So if you guys are going to go and do it, go and check them out now. little pricey, but totally worth it. That mammary, I, mammoth ivory is where it needs to be. You guys have all been guacking over or glocking, guacking, whatever. We've been yeah. chip dipping. <laughs> chip dipping over, uh, over these mammoth ivory Jurassic series. So go and check them out. And there's some of the other ones, the Evo series on there too. So NorthEasterGameCalls.com. And the people that we believe in, the family of the podcast, uh, Latitude Outdoors, LatitudeOutdoors.com. Um, use the promo code OD for 25% off of Latitude gear. Um, and that is and it limited. Will- very limited it's only going to run until the end of the month guys um it's just a big sale that they're doing for the supporters of the podcast um so the code is capital o capital d and it'll get you 25 percent off of latitude saddles uh zeus broadheads zeus broadheads uh is their home is newairarchery.com the home of the b16 home of the zeus broadheads the aries steady form our man mr nick albanese just absolutely killing it over there the new uh there is going to be a new release of a new broadhead called the hera um really excited for that the wife of uh, zeus the wife of zeus is it actually the wife of yeah, zeus here is oh. the wife of zeus well she's a mean bitch i promise you that uh, i seen her and she is mean uh-huh. but let me let name. you know that so go ahead and check that guy guys out over at newairarchery.com the zeus broadhead is still on sale not the 39.99 but still on sale so go and check that out and last but not least mr matt from vital grounds outdoors vital grounds outdoors guys this is the time of year that you should be building your climb whether it's a rope mod daisy chain uh aiders swaders naders uh, you name it he makes it 
go and check them out. Vital Grounds Outdoors. Always got sales going on, so check them out on social media and keep up with what's going on. Really looking forward to the stuff that he's building for this season. And if you guys, uh, what was the thing that you guys were messing with? So uh, I was just gonna say that is uh, there, he's got something coming, and I, I I'm not gonna get too far. Is into it released it. yet? If you've seen the short, uh, I believe he's releasing it this week called the Stick Clip. So if you've ever had issues getting your sticks up a tree, especially saddle hunting, he, he has it's, alleviated this problem. I mean, this thing is so perfect. And the price point is stupid. If you don't do it, you're almost nuts. Like I got it's, him, and it was like, "This is this is genius." So I had used S carabiners, and then I tie a little tiny rope on there. Uh -huh. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this. This simplifies it so much easier. It's just That's cool. Less hardware. I mean, it just he did a great job designing this. That's all. That's I'm, awesome. all I'm going to say until oh. he does official release. All, all of this stuff, man, is just so perfected to where it is. I mean, his, he's just a mastermind when it comes to it. Well, yeah. oh, check those guys out. Uh, if you guys haven't been over to theoutdoordrive.com, um, I don't know. I mean, I know some of the listeners are on social media or follow us on social media, but if you don't, theoutdoordrive.com, guys, is the place where we have, A, all of our podcast episodes, um, are all listed on there. Our merch, we have a ton of new merch. Steven has done a phenomenal job in designing new logos, and those will be put back onto pieces of merch for you guys to kind of check out and buy. Uh, there's stickers on there, hats, sweatshirts, T-shirts. If there's something that you guys want, just send us a message, man. I can make anything on there um, and get you any type of special thing that you guys are kind of thinking if you want a beanie if you want a koozie if you want that just let me know man be more than willing to build you guys whatever you want so go and check that out at theoutdoordrive.com we've put a ton of work and effort into that website um and just support the podcast a little bit more and for you guys real quick um if you guys are listening to us on itunes give us a five-star review and just help out the podcast share something um you know make it in your story and instagram just just spread the love just a little bit uh tell your friends about us we'd really appreciate it it helps us and keeps us motivated to kind of moving forward so and that's that's not saying we're not getting that and for those that do we greatly no, appreciate it 100 percent. those guys that steven's correct the guys that do it it's it's an incredible family but we want to have more people in the family and 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 just be part of it man that's all all right so what do you think sure. <laughs> i think we should get into a little bit of some of the crazy chaos news that's going on in the world and uh oh yeah right well, Great. Let, let's just we're yeah. almost back to wearing masks again. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. Let's just let this one roll. Bringing you the news for the cruise is our good buddy, Mike Salter. Take it away, Mike. Hey, everyone. We're going to start this one off in Vermont, where several hunting and trapping laws have passed. Uh, the the retrieval and use of game and fur-bearing animals by hunters and trappers are now required with some exceptions. Um, this will apply to moose, deer, bear, turkeys, gray squirrels, cottontail rabbits and snowshoe hares, game birds, crows, and fur bears. All animals must be processed as food, fur, hide, or feathers, or used for taxidermy. 
Uh, the law does not apply to coyotes. Uh, exceptions include animals unfit for consumption, theft, loss uh, to another wild animal, lack of access because of posting, uh, defense of a person or property, and animals that are sick or diseased. Also, coyote hunting with dogs and training dogs to hunt coyotes is temporarily banned as of July 1st of this year. Hunters will only be able to pursue and take coyotes with dogs if they are on their own property uh, or acting in and acting in defense of a person or property, or if they have signed permission from a landowner who has a legitimate defense of persons or property um, on their property. Uh, the moratorium will last until the board uh, puts rules in place for requiring permits, uh, which is a lengthy process, uh, involves public involvement and all that. So more to come on those rules. Um, updating trapping practices will also be recommended by the board uh, to revise current regulations, and those are expected for 2023 trapping season uh, at the earliest. On the good side, House Bill 570 has been signed, uh, which will allow the use of hunting with suppressors in Vermont. Uh, New Hampshire has also passed a House bill, uh, House Bill 500, legalizing hunting with suppressors, making these the 39th and 40th states to do so, uh, allowing hunting with suppressors. Uh, if you are interested in hunting with suppressors in Vermont, the American Suppressor Association will be holding a demonstration to hear, see, and try suppressors at the Bear Fishing Game Club on August 6th from 2 to 6 p.m. Also, uh, Vermont will now be offering some opportunities for anglers. The Fish and Wildlife Department is offering a fish uh, with a warden. Uh, these sessions are where anglers can ask questions of the wardens, uh, get fishing tips, etc. Uh, each session is open to 30 participants with pre-registration. Uh, the sessions will be one hour and participants will need to bring their own fishing equipment. Uh, the state park daily use fee will be waived for registered participants. Uh, and a list of dates, times, locations, and pre-registration information can be found at www.register-ed.com slash program slash Vermont slash 256-let-s-go-fishing. Now to Nebraska, where various deer and antelope permits are open for purchase. The unlimited quota deer and antelope permits open July 11th for residents, non-residents, and eligible landowners. As of July 12th, residents can begin, uh, could begin purchasing limited quota deer permits. Uh, as of July 13th, limited antelope permits are open for residents. July 25th, limited deer permits are open for non-residents. July 26th, limited antelope opens uh, for non-residents. August 1st, residents and non-residents can purchase remaining draw unit deer permits. And August 2nd, residents, non-residents, and eligible landowners can purchase remaining draw unit antelope permits. Now to Utah, uh, where if you didn't draw a buck deer or a bull elk permit, uh, some additional opportunities are available for you there. For elk permits, general season archery elk for adults and youth opened on 712. Uh, general season any bull elk permits for adults and youth will be available starting July 14th. General season spike bull uh, elk permits for youth and adults will be available as of July 26th. And for deer permits, General season buck permits will be available as of July 19th. Youth general season archery deer permits will also be available starting July 19th. Uh, and limited entry buck deer, pronghorn, and over-the-counter bison permits uh, opened July 12th. All these permits are first come, first serve, so get them before they are gone. Lastly, to Pennsylvania, where Jeremy Guype was bow fishing and arrowed a pending world record butterfly ray. The massive ray is over seven feet wide and 
222.54 pounds, which if certified uh, would top the current record of 222.1 pounds, which was aired in 2021. So congratulations to Jeremy on a giant ray, and hopefully that is certified. So as always, if you have any news to send to me, greatly appreciated you can reach out to me at mike salter on facebook or beard underscore bow 121 on instagram with that enjoy the rest of your ride mr mike salter thanks again buddy as always every single week keeping it keeping it real keeping it real and keeping it live well, thank you every mike. week we don't mess him up <laughs> well that's true that's true that does happen a lot uh if you guys want to send mike some news for news for your crews uh, get a hold of them either on Instagram, Facebook, or send us a message. We'll get you in contact with Mr. Mike Salter himself. So, well, why don't we kind of kick it back to like 1969 and let's get on over to Huntstack. <laughs> Definitely. Let's let everyone oh, know what this is about. That was Woodstock. <laughs> less fires, less burning, man. <laughs> no promises. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, welcome back, and I want to welcome on Patrick from Hunt Suburbia. What's up, man? And well, aka Huntstock. What's going on, man? Yeah, we uh, a lot of hats, dude. Hunt Suburbia, Huntstock. Hopefully, those are the only two hats uh, for the next couple of years. Yeah, it's gonna. Well, say it was both Donald Trump. Pretty loaded up. <laughs> yeah, it's and a it lot started as it started as Donald Trump socks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a little that's a little known fact. Uh, yeah, the company that now that I use for my podcast LLC was started to sell socks that I call troll socks, and uh, we had Donald Trump faces on them, we had Game of Thrones faces on them, um, and a bunch of shit. But yeah, the Donald Trump socks like carried everything. Like we sold a lot of Donald Trump socks. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Patrick is, he's the man when it comes to all that, right? <laughs> Just, I like to have a unique idea. Like I, for me, like it all kind of starts with, uh, if you're going to start something, you got to do something differently. And there's a million sock brands out there and a million people created sock brands and lifestyle sock companies. And, you know, it's, it's kind of an easy, you have a, you have a, a manufacturing price and then you set, uh, you know, your retail price and then all that money in between you have to play with on marketing and figure out how to like sell, sell the socks for the most profitability, right? You could spend 18, $18 to market one pair of socks and sell it for 20. And if it costs two bucks then you break even on it and then you just like learn going back from that. Um, and yeah, with like the, with, with the socks, it was like, all right, what can I do differently? And so, for those who have never seen it, I'm sure some people listening probably have a pair of these socks because they, they went pretty viral around the Trump, <laughs> the Trump era. But you look down at your feet and, and faces are looking back at you. So it's Donald Trump's face looking up at you, smiling on the tops of your feet. The bottoms have a different face where he's got to, you know, doing something else. If you showed the soles of your feet and around your toe were like was was hair that actually, you know, kept your toes warm. But it was something completely unique and different. And that's what helped it go viral and that's what i'm trying to do with huntstock too is just be different well the sock man is is coming out (laughs) (laughs) you are now the sock man patrick (laughs) oh man that was fun well why don't we why don't we turn this key man get this thing underway why don't you tell everybody who you are where you're from and what you do yeah um pat Guyette, and I'm from Vermont. I always say I'm from Vermont. Uh, That's where I was born and raised, but I live in Massachusetts now. 
Um, and I do a lot of things, but the podcast hunt suburbia podcast and hunt stock have been my two babies over the last couple of years, um, that are side hustles, but hopefully will turn into, you know, a main job and, and a main just lifestyle that, that I can advance. So I've got the podcast going, it's mainly about hunting suburbs. Um, I've been on your podcast once back at the Springfield sportsman mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Um, so pe- people may have heard a little bit about it, but it's hunting suburbs, um, mixing in big woods, bucks, uh, big woods, buck hunting and, and tracking and stuff. Cause I love, I love talking to, um, those type of hunters and that's kind of how I grew up and got into hunting is hunting in big woods in Vermont. So it's a little mix of everything. Um, and yeah, then hunt stock is just, uh, it's a three day festival. Um, with a bunch of, a bunch of badass entertainment going on. We've got, um, you guys coming out along with six other podcasts, uh, doing live podcasting, um, from both your booths and from stages. We're going to have two different stages at Huntstock set up, um, with nonstop entertainment, um, from 12 o'clock on Friday until, uh, 5 PM on Sunday, just three days, two stages. Um, the seven podcasts, we've got seminars going on with a wide variety of different seminars, uh, you know, from turkey hunting and calling tactics to moose and bear hunting. Um, obviously a lot of deer, a lot of tracking stuff, a lot of suburban bow hunting stuff. Um, and b- besides that, we've got the 3D archery course going on that Easton is the title sponsor of. Easton and Delta McKenzie um, stepped up and, and they're believing in the event. So we've got some great targets. Um, and this Sunday I'm going to kind of lay, we have four or five target locations that we had to, we have to finalize. So going to the farm to do that. Um, so that should be a really fun 20 target course, uh, for people who want to shoot. And then we have like 20 grand worth of door prizes that we're just giving away to people. So like really cool stuff all the way from an e-bike, um, from a newcomer in the industry called Exprit. Um, they're donating an e-bike, $2,400 value. Um, we've got Woodman Arms, uh, muzzleloader being, being given away, a uh, bunch of different types of bows. Like we got a Hoyt bow guaranteed. Um, we've got an elite archery, fully loaded bow guaranteed. Some, some, like some booths are also doing their own giveaways with bows and stuff too. So just the Huntstock official door prizes aren't, aren't the only way you're going to be able to win stuff. It's a lot of, a lot of guys are doing their own giveaways at booths too. Um, but you know, first light, uh, $520 first light kits. We got three of those, you know, with a bib and a jacket and first light makes awesome gear. Onyx Elite Memberships, Vortex donated some binoculars and rangefinders, um, a whole bunch of stuff, man. It's a, I'm, I'm super excited about giving back to the hunting community and everybody who enters um, gets a door prize ticket for each day they come and you have a chance at $20,000 worth of sweet door prizes. So super That's excited awesome, about man. it. Well, let's take it back a little bit. Why don't you tell us kind of like how it actually came to fruition and kind of like what was your dream and, and what what has come along since then? Yeah, it's kind of like, it's a long journey for it to come to fruition, but um, last, I've been thinking about this for about two years, and it did start from um, looking at what Total Archery Challenge is doing, and they do an awesome, awesome job, and they 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 build the preeminent 3D course in the country and turned it into an event, and they do a great job there. They, they build five courses sometimes at at their events with, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of targets. 
I didn't, I don't want to, like I said, I want, always want to do something different. Like I wouldn't want to try to come in and compete with them. Um, and also just, <laughs> it sounds like a crazy amount of, uh, physical work that I wouldn't want, want to like figure out the logistics for to build that many courses. Um, so it started out looking at that industry, seeing it like really take off and people are loving it. And then, um, just wanting to do something along that lines, but in a different with the focus is around the festival, around the expo, around the camaraderie and the, the hub there of all of us hunters coming together, sharing stories, um, meeting new people, kind of networking. And so build around that hub and have the 3d component still there. Um, but anybody listening, like, don't think you're going to show up and get a, um, you know, tack level, 3d archery course you know it's not that's not what it is maybe eventually it'll you know that'll improve year over year the course part of it but the 3d course is like secondary to the festival hub and the and that whole atmosphere but so i've been thinking about that for a few years and um hearing from a bunch of people in the northeast about just how they feel like some of the shows that have been happening have kind of been you know declining over the years and um they, they've I was just running these ideas by them and everyone was encouraging me to do it. Um, and I have a background in, in events. I've been working um, my whole career since college in the event space and the sponsorship space. So kind of like taking all of that knowledge and, and um, experience that I've had in my, my entire career, last 12 years, and then combining it with my passion for hunting, um, have a little small base with the podcast built up. I think it was just like a logical thing to like, let's just do it. And I like to jump into everything. Like if, if you have an idea, just, just, you just gotta fucking do it. You can't, you can't sit there and think of any excuses. Why not to, you have to do it. So like, as soon as, as soon as I got the encouragement, the farmer actually reached out to me too. He's like, Hey, I heard you talking about it on the podcast. I got a farm I think would be good for this event. Um, I met with him like that weekend after I left there and met with him. I was like, all right, I'm we doing do this, this and start, you know, started the company. Yep. Formed the LLC, did all the paperwork you have to do. And then just like announced it. Like I said, just put it out there. And if you build it, people will come. And, um, like the amount of momentum and feedback I've been getting so far is just, it's tremendous. Um, and I'm I just, I can't wait for it. I think, I think the hunting community itself in the show world in New England really needs something like that because I think a lot of the shows that we've had, I mean, locally here, even in Connecticut, like we have those sportsman shows that were here and they kind of went to the wayside and there may be older people that had kind of put them on and don't have the network or the connections like they had before because now they've totally changed from what they were to what they are now. I mean, us younger generation have them media wise on social media and stuff like that. So you start to see those shows start to go down. And that's where I kind of got really excited. Like a real, real show in new England. Like, I mean, you know, like, like the Springfield show. I mean, it just slowly starting to diminish and it's sad because guys like us that are in that industry and really want to be part of it and do things for our local communities we're losing it at those shows. Yeah. And that show, you know, that show is a mega show. Even, even like I, I, I had gone to it years past, but I was there this year and um, you know, it was, it was big comparatively to anything that I've 
been to, but I haven't been in that world for, for decades, you know? Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a theme that I've heard and look, the industry changes constantly and what used to be people were excited about turning on the outdoor channel and, and watching, um, guys sitting over food plots and, or maybe even high fence and just, you know, shooting, uh, shooting giant deer, um, from a stand or a box. And that was like, that was the, that was the cool content that people were consuming and aspiring to. Now it's not anymore. You've got the just hunt club who will be at hunt stock doing awesome stuff. Big woods bucks doing awesome stuff, like real, real hunting, um, real getting out, grinding it out, self-filming, no giant company, you know, over the top, telling you what to do and got 40 guys working on one thing that you only need you and your buddies to be able to do. That's the real content people like now. And so like, as even as that landscape shifts and changes, um, you're naturally going to get the, I think the expo in the sportsman shows, um, will need to shift with that too. And I think a lot of the shows were kind of hanging on to those old school, you know, TV, the TV guys and getting them mm-hmm. to speak on seminars and stuff. But what we need are what are the younger generation is, is doing and consuming and now, and that's podcasts and it's YouTubers. And, and like, those are, I, I honestly, people talk about industry names and I have no idea who they're talking about. Like, like they'll, <laughs> they'll bring up like, uh, who are the hot chicks in the industry that were on TV for years? Right. <laughs> oh, you haven't heard of her and her. I'm like, no, dude, I don't know who that is. Um, I know hunting public. I know just hunt club. I know Rhode Island whitetails. I know, you know what I'm saying? Like all the video stuff I consume is on YouTube. So that's like getting all of those guys to come here into one spot. Um, and there are a few pages that aren't going to be there, but uh, again, this is the first year and it's going to, it's going to grow, but North, I want all the Northeastern guys, um, to, to be in one spot, um, meeting their fans, doing giveaways, selling their merch, um, and then giving, giving seminars instead of getting those old school guys. Cause you want, we, we want, we, you know, we want the younger generation to be a part of hot stock and it's really, I think going to, going to shoot some lifeblood into the industry. I think it's what it needs, honestly. And I think I, I just get so excited about it, honestly, because it's a different, a different style. It's a different show. It's a different, it's a different vibe. It's a different feel, you know, and it's, it's what needs to happen in the Northeast. I mean, like we aren't, we aren't the Midwest, right? We aren't. We're not. We're not the ag hunting guys. We're the big woods hunting, you know, normal deer. And it's yeah. and it's something that you know that hasn't really been put on the map yet, or it's starting to like that public land, big woods hunting. And guys are really starting to drive themselves to it. Totally, um, and, yeah, and and it's like the Northeast has the Northeast in particular just has like so much variety to what you can do hunting wise. And, and you know, from big woods tracking to big woods stand hunting to big woods, still hunting all the way down to the suburban bow hunting that I've been doing recently. And, you know, there's a big traditional archery um, contingent in the Northeast. And it's just like, I feel like it's a, it's a perfect place to start it too, because you've got all those different skill sets and kind of like, microcosms of the hunting industry all all represented here represented well and um like we were saying before we started this like my vision for hunt stock like five year plan is like to have it be a cross between the woodstock for hunting which is where the hunt stock name came from 
um, the Woodstock festival for the hunting industry, minus all the drugs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This will be a little uh, more tame. It won't burn down in the end. And, and then like mix it with the burning man um, of the hunting world where sponsors and the entertainers themselves kind of like get behind building out a sweet section of a festival that they can like claim as their own. It's like, Oh, the outdoor drive guys, you see what they did this year. They built, they had this, you know what I'm saying? And then like, Oh, backcountry hunters and anglers, um, they're owning like the Western style base camp section. So they could like start to expand that. And like, you have these mini festivals for each niche, um, represented at Huntstock and where the sponsors and the entertainers and the festival, you know, you take pride in building that up and that just elevates the entire experience. And that's what things like the, the old shows are kind of missing. It, it's just a row of booths and a lot of booths that you just want to avoid and get away from. And that's like that. That's where I see Huntstock being different. And I think the cool thing too, is like some of the, like the living legends that you're going to have at the show. I mean, that's something that you strive on yourself is some of those living legends and, and some of the people that have never, you know, now are like the biggest deal around. I mean, like your Hal Bloods and your, you know, CT Carl and all those guys. I mean, like they're all going to be there. Like guys that like we all look up to from the Northeast. Yeah. And just from, just from the big woods bucks team alone, there's like, there's so much freaking knowledge there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many legends just within that group. And that's just one, one group of, of hunters that's coming to Huntstock. And they're going to do seminars and stuff there also, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're doing, um, they're doing their podcast live each day. How, and a lot of their guys are doing seminars. How blood's doing two seminars. Timmy Bolduck's doing two Rick Labby and Jeff Paradis are teaming up and doing, uh, two. Um, and we're going to release the schedule, sometime in July, I'm going to have the programming whole schedule released out to everybody. And I was just working on it before, um, this, uh, anyway, so I can actually go down through like, like Friday, what we got right now on there is, is opens up with Rick Labby and Jeff Paradis from big woods bucks doing a seminar. Then the big woods bucks podcast live right after that with Hal blood, Joe Cruzy, and they'll have some kind of a guest. Then my podcast will be live right after that. Then tentatively, there's a, a really, really tremendously good suburban hunter who has like five state records in the Northeast in his state um, that is checking the schedule to see if he can come. And I've got him tentatively slotted in there um, after my podcast. That dude just, he's got, he's got a wall full of bucks, like 50 of them that he's killed in just the last 10 years because he's in a state where you get a lot of tax. Nice. Um, then you got Jess Hunt Clubs. Brett Joy is going to be doing a seminar after that, and then finishing up with Joe Judd, who you might know who he is. I don't know. Turkey hunters know him. I actually yep. didn't know him before this, but he's going to do an advanced turkey hunting seminar after that. And then the outdoors outdoor stage, we've got Crossbow Hunting Podcast Live, Neil Pendleton and, and Jake Trickett um, doing a seminar out there, Jeff Doyle doing a seminar on e-scouting. Um, and then three open slots that we're going to fill there Saturday, you're going in, you got Northeast hunt and film podcast live, then Jeff Doyle, then big woods bucks, Timmy Bolduck, then Brett joy again, hunt suburbia podcast, then Hal blood's doing his tracking seminar. Then that other suburban, 
uh, suburban mm-hmm. killer that might be coming will slot in right there. <laughs> and then it ends with Big Woods Bucks doing a live podcast again. And then the outdoor stage has, you know, 10 that day. And it's just, it's, it's back to back to back. There's stuff for everybody. I'm trying to actually like plan the programming so that if there's like a big woods tracking seminar happening on the indoor stage, that same time outside is something different for people who aren't interested in like big woods tracking. Like I try to make sure that the, there's not, there's not two tracking things going on at the same right. time on different stages. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so all of that planning goes into the back of it. I just got off the phone with mass wildlife um, to see what they were going to do. And they're going to teach a learn to hunt class and a learn to scout class each day. That's kind of for beginners and, and more like for kids. Um, they're going to be doing that from their booth every day. And then they're actually doing a butcher, how to butcher a deer demonstration from um, beginning to end. They're getting a deer from a farm and they're going to do a whole butchering uh, butcher class for people who really want to learn how to, how to awesome. butcher their own deer. And then we're probably going to cook some of that deer right there on site, you know? Yes, sir. That's awesome. I like it. So, you know, there's, and there's just millions of things. I was talking with a native American um, tribe uh, who's a listener to the podcast and he reached out and I've always had the vision to have a native American component to this thing because the history there with archery and hunting and and especially in the Northeast there's such a really rich history of native Americans. Um, Uh, and they're they're going to try to get people to come out and teach stuff on like Native American culture and how archery and hunting, um, what their culture was is is like and what they're passing down. Um, so there's just like a million things going on at once. A venison popper cooking competition. One of my sponsors nice. is like, "Yo, can can we do a venison popper uh, competition? And you know, can we line up some judges?" And I was like, "Sure, man. You plan everything, and we'll put it on the program, dude. Like, That's so awesome. that'll that'll be going on. And yeah, man, just a million things. That's so cool, man. Like, and it sounds like you need a three day pass to this thing because you're gonna have to be there all three days to keep up <laughs> yeah. with what's going on because you're gonna miss out. Yeah, yep. those guys yep. that have the fear of missing out, they're definitely gonna miss out. There's no <laughs> right. doubt about that. <laughs> I know it, and it's in such a tough. It's like it's in August, which is another thing I wanted to do differently because a lot of shows are right in the spring or winter after you know January, February, March. I wanted you know people to get together in the summer when the weather's nice and like right before we start to get crazy about hunting. Right. Um, get them all amped up and prepared. Yep, exactly. But it's a lot of people's anniversary weekends and people got vacations and stuff. But I think that's just a symptom for this year. And I think once they see what happened at Huntstock, you know, people are going to start having their anniversaries. Yeah, it'll be a vacation destination. (laughs) It's definitely an important thing, though, because like that time of year, like you have a ton of demonstrations of products and so on and so forth, where these people can get that stuff ready for the season where a lot of the other shows, like you said, February and stuff, it's after the season, they've already gone through their hunting. Like now it's, it's right in their face. Like, okay, now's the time for you to get your stuff and get things going and practice, you know, because like when it's in their face, it's, it's a totally different thing. Like anybody could be like, yeah, you know, I need to get new sticks, but I don't know. I might not order them, you know, but if they're right there in front of you, you're going to order them right then and there. Or, you know, guys like us, you know, that are podcasting, we can get people pumped up about the season and kind of get that thing up and running and, and knowing what they're doing. It's, it's just a perfect time for this. And, and for podcasters too, like, first of all, for people who haven't heard, and if you have a podcast or a YouTube page, um, the booths are, are free. We, we want, 
anybody who's a content creator, um, even if you're just thinking you don't even have a podcast yet, but you're starting it and you want to launch it at Huntstock, like reach out to me. We will find room for you. And it's great for podcasters because there's going to be so many great hunters in, under, in one location. Like you have all your guests that you could ever possibly want to interview there. So it's all about you being a good networker and, and going to meet, you know, one of the big woods bucks guys or whoever you want to have on your podcast, you have access to like all these tremendous guests. Um, so you can like record eight, 10 episodes, whatever, if you're on your grind there and, and build up, um, a backlog of, of, of a lot of really good guests. So I think that's one thing to point out. And then, yeah, dude, we're all procrastinators. So, um, like waiting to gear <laughs> we're waiting <laughs> to gear up, dude. So like in August, you're a few weeks out. I think it's going to be a big, a big, uh, a big, big time to get new gear. Um, and the other thing that's kind of interesting is it's being held not on purpose, but on Massachusetts tax-free weekend, which apparently is a big thing here where people wait to buy big ticket items on tax-free weekend. Cause you save like the 7% sales tax or whatever. So people buying bows, people buying, you know, saddle kits and things like that. You can save, save some good money at Huntstock because you don't have to pay taxes. And a lot of those brands will be there. Nice. Oh, that's pretty cool that, it, that, that you planned it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah people told me like dude that's gonna hurt you and I'm like I don't know and probably next year I'll I won't do it on the same weekend because I just don't know but we'll see maybe it maybe it is a great thing so what are some of the products that are going to be there that people can look forward to seeing or be able to put their hands on yeah let me go to a sponsor tab so I'll just go down the list we've got hunt of a lifetime um, is coming. They're, they're a great nonprofit. Um, so that'll be something to support while you're there. Josh, Josh Durant, wildlife art. He's just like an incredible painter. He's going to have, um, a bunch of his deer oriented art there, um, for sale fifth season outfitters. They're, um, they're the company that's going to be doing the, um, uh, the popper venison popper cooking competition, but they're just like a lifestyle, um, lifestyle apparel brand for, for the outdoors. Uh, Birch Boys Chaga, it's a Chaga Tea um, company who's also, they're tr big trappers and hunters out in the Adirondacks. Um, for gear though, you got like Stagger Gear is a brand new company that people are excited about. Um, they are making affordable gear for big woods hunters in the Northeast. So they've got like new capes coming out, blaze orange capes to go over whatever you got for wool. Cause that, that was uh, something that a lot of people in the industry, I guess, were clamoring for. So they got capes, they got three different styles of nice gloves. I've tried the gloves on, they're awesome, but they're, it's a new brand. Um, and there's quite a bit of excitement around that. So you'd be able to see their gear, feel it, try it on, um, and get some, you've got big woods bucks unveiling their entire new wool line there. So they've got, um, their new wool fanny packs, um, that people have been the next version of it. People have been waiting for the jackets and, um, and pants, they've got gloves. So they'll be, they'll have all their gear there to try. Um, hunt light is a new saddle brand out of New Hampshire. They'll, they'll be there with their saddles doing teaching saddle classes letting people get up in the saddles. Same thing with wild edge. Of course, they're, they're going to be there doing their teaching trains and getting people up in their saddles. Um, 
uh, Hang Free is a saddle brand out of Florida. They're coming up all the way from Florida. They're a brand new company too. So again, get your hands on their saddles and try, um, you know, try them out. So there's going to be a lot of different saddle brands. If you're really interested in saddle hunting, um, you can learn a lot from each of these companies. They're, they all do something a little bit differently. Um, and their saddles are a little bit different. Climbing methods are a little bit different. So, um, it'll be an awesome, awesome chance to like learn more about saddle hunting, um, and checking out those different products, uh, talk painted arrow outdoors. They make a, uh, for guys like me, I like to sell film and I like Jerry rigged my phone to my bow last year and got some good footage <laughs> that way. These guys made like a, a magnetic, um, attachment that goes on your stabilizers, like the non jerry rigged version that looks freaking awesome um so for people who film um they're gonna have that product there on display uh easton easton is like i said sponsoring the course but they're gonna have reps there um with uh and they're giving away a bunch of fmj arrows too um hoyt isn't 100 percent confirmed yet but I, i'm thinking it's going to be it's like 95 percent. they're going to be there with bows to try out um try out a bunch of different bows there'll be somebody from reedy's there with a bunch of different bows to try out um there's a new camo company wtf camo um that'll be displaying their new camo pattern and their products um just a bunch of stuff man uh, yeah. woodman arms sherman cookers so you got a whole a whole slew of different things from saddle hunting to cooking products, and so a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah, and I like I said from the beginning, I wanted it's got to all relate back to hunting. So it's like um, the you know the outdoor cookers, those guys. It's it's a campfire, um, it's a campfire cooking over an open flame um, product geared for hunters and the outdoorsmen, right? Um, you mean that there's not going to be a hunting product and then the next thing over is gutters? Yeah, exactly. No gutters, <laughs> no windows and doors. No chamois rod, uh, rags? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no socks? What do you oh, mean, no man. socks? <laughs> no socks. There, there could be socks. Darn not tough or somebody like that. We don't have anybody locked in yet, but no novelty socks. <laughs> no novelty socks. No Donald Trump socks. Not Patrick's yet. Not making his, not Pat's yet. not making his debut. <laughs> I am bringing, I am bringing Donald Trump socks. I still have a, I have a couple hundred of them. So you I, can I wanna, mark me I down for a couple them. pairs. I'll definitely <laughs> buy a couple pairs. <laughs> so make you sure will, that I'm, everybody's going to come from all over just to get the Donald Trump socks while they're there. <laughs> oh man. When you see those things, you're, you're a hundred percent, you're hundred percent getting some. I saw them in Springfield. They're, uh, they're oh, something yeah, special. I did have some, didn't I? Yeah. 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 You gave them to Jonathan from, uh, uh, what was he from? Heated hunts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Remember you gave him a, p- a pair of them. Yep. Yeah. Was, I've been talking with him too, to see he's, I think he's looking at a schedule. If he could find somebody to come and man a booth. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. That's a cool yeah. little product. There's a ton. So you have a, you have a good, uh, well, the nightlife must be good. <laughs> All those guys in town, <laughs> good groups of guys. Definitely. Wachusett Brewery is like right there. It's like two miles from the farm. So I'm sure people will kind of like gravitate there for after parties and stuff. Have you warned them? <laughs> you, you may want to warn them. <laughs> yeah. The farm, the farm has a relationship with them. And I think they know cause they're, uh, they're lending like their, their beer trailer and stuff their refrigerator trailer to them for the, for the event. So they know, know that the it. guys are in town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so where's a good place for guys to get 
tickets and is there a website or what do you have going on? Yeah. Uh, the, the easiest way is to go to my Instagram, um, at hunt suburbia and, I have a link tree set up there in my bio. So you click on that and then there's the first thing is hunt stock tickets. Um, it'll take you to ticket leap, which is hosting the online sales, but you can also, if you're a procrastinator, you can buy tickets, you know, the weekend of right at, at the gate. Um, and the one caveat is that we're, we're capped at 2000 people. So once 2000 people come in and if, if they do, that would be awesome. I don't think Friday we have any worry about that. Probably not. Sunday, but we could, again, it's the first year. I don't really know, but Saturday is, is, is the one that will sell out if, uh, if it does. So at least get on and buy your ticket. If you, if you really want to be there Saturday when most, you know, it'll have the most programming, um, every day is going to have awesome stuff going on. Um, every day it'll be 3d archery. You can shoot. Um, there'll be door prizes actually Friday and Sunday are probably the best days for door prizes there will be less people your chances will be better to win door prizes and we're doing some of the bigger items like the um e-bike will be on sunday and the woodman arms is on friday like some of the bigger items will be on fridays and sundays um but if you if you really want to be there saturday i would definitely get your tickets on, online reserve and, and you're not going to be able to use our promotional code and save a little bit anyways if you buy them at, at the door yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not going to save any money by doing that so you got to get them ahead of the time and of course, we'll we'll put the link in the bottom here so that everyone can kind of go there too from there, um, and kind of check that stuff out. Awesome! Now, It'll definitely be fun. You you're doing something, and I kind of I'm reverting back a little squirrel moment. You're doing something different with your 3D range. It's not just a standard 3D shoot, and I think it's it's probably one of the coolest ideas I've seen come in the 3D world in a long time. So you want to run us through what you're doing there. It it's, makes it really sure. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. It's, it's, um, so it's, it's just a little twist where we wanted to change scoring the, the scoring. Um, and if you look, if you are into 3d shooting and it's your, it's your hobby. And I know there's a lot of guys that take it super seriously. You can still score, um, the traditional way have fun doing that that's fine but i'm introducing a different scoring system that is scored like golf so like your typical 12 ring um would be uh an eagle in golf which is minus two off of your score so your goal is to get the lowest score not the highest score it's the same thing but just a, a different fun right. way of doing it so a 12 ring is uh minus two um the 10 ring is a birdie which would be minus one off your score the eight ring is a par. It's like, all right, you've done what you're supposed to do. You got to hit that eight ring. Like just in golf, yeah. you're supposed to par everything. Um, so that's kind of like your level set. And then if you hit the target outside any of the rings, then it's a bogey. You add one to your score. And if you completely miss, you add two. So and you want to kind of be under par at the end with a negative score. Um, and yeah, you, like I said, you can, you can score it the way you want to, but it's going to be set up kind of like a, like a golf scorecard. Um, and it's 20 targets. So there's a front nine and a back or a front 10 and a back 10 like golf, except golf is nine and nine. Well, you um, gotta be a little <laughs> different. <laughs> exactly. Patrick, he's always gotta be different no matter what. <laughs> what it's that if I had one more hole, I could have beat him. Yeah. Well, now you get two. <laughs> and this yeah. is probably the first chance most of us will ever have at getting a good golf score. <laughs> Truth to that. Truth exactly, to that. Dude. Yeah, your first eagle will happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like, 
another thing that I'm kind of working up, I don't know if it's going to work out or not yet is, um, so, so the farm doesn't want, and right, rightfully so, um, drinking alcohol before you go on the course. So when you come to hunt stock and you buy a 3d archery, um, uh, if you want to shoot the course, we're going to give you a wristband that you have to show to the starter when you shoot. And if you go to the bar, they're going to cut the wristband off. Like the first, if you have one and you get your first drink, they're cutting it off. So if you show up, um, try to make that the first thing that you do, but also with my sponsorship hat on, there's a company called athletic brewing. Um, and it's a non-alcoholic beer that's way cooler and way better than O'Doul's. Um, and they make like IPAs and like really good craft stuff. It tastes great. Like I, I actually, I, I drank some at the, uh, at a Super Bowl party last year. Cause I had to drive back and I was uh, before that I was like, I'll never drink this, but it was like, it was awesome. It tastes just like beer. I was still like had the social aspect. So I'm trying to get them to, um, be a sponsor of the 3d course because you can't drink alcohol, but at the start, um, we'll give you a can of, uh, athletic brewing. Um, so you actually get a cold beer, even though it doesn't have alcohol in it, it does taste like it does, trust me. And then at the turn, um, to get, to get another one into your hand. So I'm working on that. That could be something kind of cool too. That's so they're awesome. definitely going to have, they're going to definitely have better golf scores than <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's why we all suck at golf. We're, dude, improve your game. <laughs> we're, we're doing this for you. This is for you. <laughs> I promise you, we're going to show you what it's really like. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's one of those I failures. A, I was a golf. I can't remember if the CT Carl episode that I did just um, released last week. We talked about golf yet, but he used to be a big time golfer, and he became a better hunter when he quit golf. And same thing with me. And I, I used to golf, and I liked it, but I, I would get, I would get too drunk out in the court. First of all, it'd be it's five hours of your day. You go home already hungover. It's like midday, and you got this grog. It's like what? Is, what is the point of this? You know. <laughs> That's the good thing uh, about haunting is you can't do that or you, well, you shouldn't do that. So <laughs> exactly. That's why athletic brewing too. like my pitch to get inside my mind as a sponsorship guy too. It's like my pitch to those guys is like, they focus a lot of effort right now on like athletes, which is great. You know, it's a good marketing mm-hmm. tactic, but hunters, hunters love to drink beer. We drink a lot of beer. And the, the, the hardest thing about that is, like during the season, you can't, you can't really drink beer because you're going to be groggy. You're not getting up at four in the morning or you might, and you'll be super hungover. So like kind of promoting this to be your hunting season drink. And then, you know, when you get a deer and you want to celebrate, you switched over to the real stuff, but you know, a non-alcoholic beer like marketed to hunters, I think would be genius. Could you imagine deer camp without, without alcoholic beer? <laughs> guys would actually shoot shit like <laughs> exactly yeah, people but, would get up in yeah, the morning but, get to the stand <laughs> pay attention there'd be yeah, a bigger try, deer shot <laughs> try being that guy that walks through the door with a bunch of non-alcoholic beer though you, yeah. you're not living that you, you've been shunned from camp <laughs> <laughs> but could i mean honestly but the hunting would be so much better like yeah, totally do you, do you know how many guys would shoot bigger deer and they wouldn't just like because i've been that guy like hung over in the first year walked by and you're like dude it's getting it just so i can get out of this deer stand because if i don't like <laughs> i'm screwed honestly dude that's all people need to become better hunters let's just cancel hunt stock nobody needs to learn anything just like just stop drinking beer during the deer season there that's it 
Unstock is canceled, dude. Just, just do that. Oh, <laughs> if you learn anything it. today, it's stop drinking during deer season, which, you know, some of us do do that. I mean, like, like I, I shut do. it off during hunting season um, oh, because yeah, it's just. Drink, but- it, There's definitely I mean, times where I don't, where it's like, dude, I, t- tomorrow's the day. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, if, you know? if you know you've got to get up and get out there, it ain't, yeah, you know, a beer or two or something at dinner is fine, but, you know, you're not getting cranked. Yeah. yeah. I, I, my, my friends hate me during deer season because they're like, what do you mean you're not coming to play pool with us or play darts or whatever? I'm like, Bro, I gotta be up at like three in the morning. Like, there's no way that I'm coming to bar. Like, that's what I'm saying. That alcohol, that non-alcoholic beer, dude. I'll be a Superman. I'd love it. I think it would be the greatest totally. thing ever, dude. I would love it. That's such and a it, great idea, dude. It tastes just like a, like a like a real hazy IPA too, and they've got a bunch of different flavors, and I, I do love it. I think it's great. That's um, amazing. Yeah, so they could be there um, to hunt stock too. Never know. Oh, another unique thing too. Cause I got to do so I've got to freaking think five years ahead, but I was like, wouldn't it be cool if hunt stock 2027, like the fifth year, um, the design for the shirts that I'm making and for stickers and stuff has a big mature buck on it. And then it has a, a, a yearling buck with just one point coming out of it. Cause it's the first annual hunt stock. So like next year, the second annual hunt stock, you'll be a spike and he gains a point every, every single year. So you got like this kind of continuity that flows throughout even like the merch of hunt stock. So like 10 years from now, you can go back and go, man, I got that first shirt, that first sticker. And like, now look at this, you know, the buck's grown up and it's like seeing the progression. I just feel like it would be cool because I'm super into like collectibles and shit too. So I always think like, what would be cool for people to have one version of every year as like kind of like a collectible. That's awesome. That's, That's pretty cool. cool. Thought. So, yeah. so the, are those, is that, is the merchant stuff on sale, pre-sale now? No, it's not on pre-sale, but you, it'll all be there and ready um, at Huntstock. And um, so everybody coming into Huntstock with your ticket, you, with your entry, you get a, you get one door price ticket, but for every 20 bucks you're going to spend in the Huntstock merch, you can, you're going to get more tickets. So like you can show up and be like, you know, similar to what a normal raffle is like, you know, you spend a hundred bucks, you get a sleeve of tickets. You're going to be able to earn more tickets by buying merch and by shooting the 3d course. Everybody who shoots the 3d course will get an extra ticket to the door prizes too. So, um, that's just another little thing to think about. So is there prizes with the 3d shoots or is it, that's what, so you get wrapped up into the door prizes by shooting the 3d shoot. Yeah, you just get an extra ticket into the normal um, door prize by shooting a 3D shoot. I didn't, maybe in future years we'll have, um, I, I didn't want the 3D course to be super competitive. I just, mm-hmm. it's, I want it to be a fun thing people can go do, um, introduce this this golf scoring to it. Um, we will release like leaderboards and stuff at the end of it. So you, people who actually take it seriously, and you know, get a little bit of shine. We'll, pr- we'll promote the leader- leaderboards and, um, we'll keep stats over the years on people's scores. And so like 10 years from now, it's, yeah, I'm a stat guy too. Like 10 years from now, I'll be able to see, you know, people's stats at the, at the hunt stock open. Um, and maybe it'll turn into having some, you know, prizes and prize money or something in the future. But there's, as you can see, there's so many freaking moving parts right now. And I'm not a one man show, but you know, Pat Burns is, um, is my partner in this thing. And he's helping out with a lot of the stuff, but because I have the event experience, like there's so many things to work on. I was just like, I don't want to add that to the list of coming up with 
you know, what right. the top shooters get and, and how to display, you know, the leaderboards and make sure that people are, you know, I don't, I don't know that part of 3d. How do you keep people honest and, you know, you you make it official, you, you know, can only pe- keep you people don't. honest when they're honest. Yeah. Honest yeah. people can stay honest. Yeah. Is there an additional cost to shooting the 3d course? Yep. 25 okay. bucks. Okay. Yep. And, and, um, what we didn't even ask, but what is, what is the cost for even hunt stock? Yep. Uh, it's 40 bucks for a day pass. It's 80 bucks for the three day pass. Oh. Um, and, and that gets you into everything and it gets, it gets you everything. To get one free. Yep. Essentially. Yeah. Cause I, I knew a lot of people would just want Saturday, Sunday, um, and wouldn't be able to make Friday. So instead of doing a one day pass, a two day pass and a three day pass and making a three day pass, 120 bucks and just incentivize people to get the three day pass and get, you know, three days for the price of two essentially. That's amazing. That's awesome. I like it, dude. I'm excited, man. You got me all jacked up. I mean, I've been jacked up about it, but like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we've been planning super and getting all ready to go. And how are we going to do this and that? And I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, man, I'm getting amped about it. Um, I thought I would be feeling super stressed, but um, I'm really not. The one thing I was stressed about was getting enough targets for the 3D course, but Easton Delta McKenzie came through in a big way there and took, yeah. you know, I, I was, I, I had five targets, you know, acquired, ready to go. Um, and uh, they came in and, and uh, helped out in one big swoop with the rest of the targets. So that was a big, big weight off my back. And now everything is, Working out final details, tinkering, cutting some, cutting some lanes on the 3D course, um, working on, you know, the audio setups for the stages and making sure people have projectors or a way of, a way to display their um, their seminars if they're doing PowerPoints and things like that. Just little little details that are all coming together here in the last month. That's awesome, man. That's absolutely great. And do you want to drop the, you know, the address kind of where, where it's going to be and so on and so forth, just so guys kind of know? Yeah, man. Um, it's, it's at a beautiful farm called Wildwood Farm. Uh, and the address is 50 Woods Road, Westminster, Massachusetts. Um, so it's an awesome farm. The family is great. Uh, they've been awesome to work work with. And like I said, it was a listener to my podcast who reached out and that just, you know, that, that makes it feel more like family. It's not like I'm, you know, going, although, you know, ski resorts, ski resorts are awesome, but that, that kind of gives it a disconnected feel a little bit too. Whereas the farmer and the family are fans of the podcast and they want us all to be there. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I, I think, I think it's going to be unique, dude. And I'm, that's I'm a, really that's a huge camaraderie aspect of it too, though, <laughs> because it, it more feels like, you know, you want to be there than you're kind of forced to be there, especially on you. It's probably a little weight taken off your shoulder by, by doing something like that with somebody like that. Yeah. A hundred percent. They've made it very easy to, um, to plan things. And, you know, it's, it's also like we, they want to get into the event business on their farm too and host more events there in the future. So us meeting up, like doing this event together is going to benefit them too. It's a, it's a, it's a test drive for, for their um, farm as a venue for events in the future. Um, Pat and I are going to put together, you know, recap videos and, and special marketing videos for, for the farm too. So they can take that after and say, look, look at this awesome festival we did. Hunt stock, super, this is, 
you know, check out this little reel and they can use that to attract more events to come to their farm. So it's like everything you guys know, you're really good at it, Trevor. Um, it's, it's, you got to have reciprocity, reciprocity. Like you wash my back. I wash yours. And it's all, that's what, that's, that's what networking is. And that's what being a good, you know, contributor to our industry is like, it's like, make introductions and help out here and there. And, and, uh, you know, karma comes back in a, in a big way. You have to, you, you definitely have to, you have to give more than you take. And I think a lot of people, you know, don't do that. And I think it's something that the industry needs more of. And I think it's one of the cool things with the, with kind of our younger generation that have kind of started to step up to the plate is that we have a different outlook than some of these old grouchy guys. I know like, in the fishing world, it's a it's a big thing because like us young guys are gung ho about it and want to be there and want to be doing that. And these guys are just it's just a job to them. And like we don't think like that, and I don't think that we'll ever think like that because we we have that pride and we want to give back to everybody that gives to us. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, and like as podcasters, you guys probably know you get people reaching out all the time that sometimes it doesn't feel like you're doing that much. It's like, man, I'm pressing record. I'm, I'm talking about things that I, I love to talk about. So it doesn't feel like it's working, but then you have people that reach out like that native American dude that reached out to me. Um, and was just like, man, I love your podcast and I'm learning so much from it. And he, he just says, he says, I want to take a walk with you in the woods sometime and go on a scout. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, I'm down for that. Like after hunt stock, you know, sometime in September, let's go take a walk in the woods. And anybody who wants help like that, like just reading a piece of woods or something, like reach out, man. If I have time, I'm happy to come and, and look at a piece with you. But it's it's crazy how you don't realize how much you're actually doing um, until people sending you messages and saying, dude, this, this has really helped me out and I appreciate what you're doing, um, giving us entertainment. And that's what feels really good, man. Have you, have you had one of those crazy moments where like it kind of all set into you, like the reason why you're doing everything that you're doing? It's, uh, for me, I think I'm going to have that moment more as my, you know, as my kid grows up and I get to share the outdoor experiences with him. Um, but it's just like every time I get a message like that, where someone's like, dude, your tactics or one of your guest tactics that were on the podcast, like led me to get this buck. And this is awesome. This is my first year. And like, it's, I've, I've, you know, I heard that a dozen times every season from somebody who's like this deer, like I can relate it back to a tactic in this podcast. And that feels freaking awesome. And it, it, it is really cool to be part of these guys' lives. I mean, everybody, you know, all the supporters that constantly listen in and stuff like, you know, when they reach out and they're like, like you said, I mean, I shot this deer or I went above and beyond and did this hunt. I mean, we do a lot of travel hunting. So like guys are like, you know, oh man, you know, I can't believe how, how in reach this is to go and do this public land hunt in such and such a state. Like if you didn't go and do it and bring it to my eyes, I would have never gone and done it. So like you've put people <laughs> into a different realm that they've never thought you, that you was even to possible out to of do their comfort zone. They hear yes. it's possible. They hear a regular person go out and do it and they go, Hey, I can do it too. And that's the thing is getting people to realize that anybody can do this. You just, you got to do it. Sometimes you just need some inspiration. And if yep. we're your inspiration, 
Sadly, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> but yes. glad we did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like that. That just that reminds me of something. Uh, what was it? I was going back and reading the Lanny Benoit comments from that. That's probably, I mean, that's definitely the most successful podcast that I did was that three-part series with him and reading some comments on there. Like one guy was like, you got, you guys inspired me to go out this morning. I wasn't going to go out this inspired. Like I watched this last night. I went out and I killed a buck this morning. Thank you. It was like, they, yeah. they picked like, you, you were the reason they actually went out and hunted, you know? And mm-hmm. it's, it feel, everybody says it. And it's so true though. If you're hunting with buddies and you get, you know, maybe you've done, I, I'm blessed to have more time to get out into the woods than a lot of people and scout and learn the woods. So, and I know most people don't get the opportunity to spend nearly as much time as I can. And I love being able to put friends on deer if I can, or get them in a situation where they can, they, and they can get one. So two years, uh, two years ago, I've, I got my friend Evan and Chris and my dad each got deer from places I put them in. And those all felt amazing. It feels like you got those deer. If you're sharing it with them, it's like, you're just as happy as if you got that deer. And that's how you feel when people are reaching out on the podcast too. It's like, you're in a sense, you're kind of a guide for them too. And it, it, it really makes, it really makes all the time worth it. Um, I don't know how much video editing you guys have been get getting into, but that is a big oh, pain. But I'm like, very it deep all... down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Steven's world, man. <laughs> yeah. Steven doesn't say much on the podcast, not much social media, but the video aspect I, I, of it, forget it, bro. I, I'm here on the background. <laughs> I, I just I do some production work, some editing. That that that's where I sit. I'm just here that's for Steven's a comedic world interjection. Bro. <laughs> are you using uh do you use adobe premiere pro or what, what? yeah i'm yep. a premiere guy yep it's yeah a deep, i started using dark hole <laughs> <laughs> you figure out one oh. thing and you go crap i need to know three other things to be able to do it right yeah dude take like um pat burns uh who's the man he, he he's been editing videos his whole life and uh, he does a lot in like the music video space and stuff, but he, he told me to get a premiere when I first started, like wanting to do video. He's like, all right, you just, just fork out the cash for Adobe premiere. Yep. It's the best there is. And he came over and gave me, um, he helped me edit that Lanny Benoit series and like all of his 10 years of knowledge and, or whatever it is, video editing, like he gave me a one hour rundown and I've been using whatever he taught me that day since. And it's like another thing it's, it's, it feels like there's huge barrier to entry, like hunting, but it really, if, if you can get a download of knowledge from somebody who has so much experience and you can get that download in a podcast or in one hour of whatever, watching a YouTube video, um, it really makes that barrier to entry, you know, um, much, much smaller. And that's one thing with podcasting or, you know, some of these, these outlets like YouTube and so on and so forth, like guys like us that had been hunting or been blessed to hunt our entire lives. Like we kind of take for granted some of those things and we've had to learn them by ourselves. There was never YouTube or, you know, we had to read a book or we had learned from somebody before us, you know, some of the legends that we look up to like those kind of guys, but podcasts and stuff, you're light years ahead of a lot of people that didn't have that before. So they're in a different world, like whether it's editing film and you can look on YouTube or it's, it's 
tuning a bow or tracking a big deer early season, late season. Like there wasn't podcasts when we had started, like it was a trial and error. Like (laughs) it wasn't that long ago. You learned to win via losing. Yes. (laughs) And you're in your light years ahead. And that's, that's one of the benefits of, of us. Like we, we get to share those, that information that, you know, our screw ups so that people don't make those same mistakes. Like, and it's cool to see that. And, and, you know, that's the benefit of podcasting and the friends that we meet along the way. I mean, some of our, you know, our, our supporters are some of my best friends. That I yeah. talk to every day. I talk yep. to them. I mean, well, they're in our realm, you know, because we yep. we are those weird guys at at parties that are sitting in the corner and like, oh, someone want to talk hunting with me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, have my, anybody else to talk to? My friend group has totally changed since I started the podcast, and I've just met so many awesome people. And like, like you've heard before, you know, you are a sum of your five best friends, like your personality, your drive, everything. You're a sum of your five best friends that you spend the most time with. So if you've got three dirt bags in that group, you know, you're going to be 60% dirt bag. Right. Exactly. So that's why, that's why do you take that, that whole philosophy with who you surround yourself in, in a friend group, but then you have it in hunting. Like I'm the sum of the five best hunters that I've and now I'm nowhere near as good as them. But if you surround yourself around um, really good hunters and that's what podcasts can help you do, then you like you level up pretty quickly. Oh yeah. And absolutely. It's, I love that that's, part of it. Yeah. You definitely have to hang out with people that are better than you. Like that's my goal is to hang out with people that are better deer hunters than me or socialize with people that are better because it only makes you a better deer hunter or fisherman or outdoorsman, or you well, learn from those things. And, and yeah. going, going back to golf, like we talked about earlier, one thing I've learned is you can use this in golf. If you're playing with good players, you play better. If you're playing oh, yeah. with horrible players, you play like crap. I I don't care who says what, but if I'm playing with guys that are shooting 110, I'm shooting over 100. If I'm shooting with guys that shoot 80s, I'm breaking 100. Well, that's the same with whitetails. If the guys around you are shooting 160s, I'm sure as hell not going to shoot 100 inches. Yeah, you're going to It's just not going to happen. Right. And they're going to help you do it. But if you're you're with guys that are shooting spikes every year, guess what you're going to be shooting? Yep. Well. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm just saying, (laughs) like you said, you are a reflection of the people you surround yourself with. Absolutely. Because you learn from those people. And that's, that's one good thing about podcasting and hanging out with even good podcasters because you'll learn and and you can bounce off those people like Pat, like Pat helped you do the video editing. I mean, that's a, yep. That's in your, your wheelhouse and in your circle, man. So yeah. And Chris Stalty from big woods bucks, you know, gave me the quick rundown on podcasting and what equipment to buy and showed me like some tricks on audio editing. Like, you know, like exactly like I learned from, from him and he shared that knowledge to me. And then I've been able to share it with a few people, you know, Jason, Alex started um, the Northeast hunt and film. And um, I talked with the stagger guys a lot. I started a pretty uh, awesome podcast, you know, up out of Vermont and Mm -hmm. like be just, you want to, you want to be generous with, sharing anything and the podcast industry is like i don't look at anybody as a a competitor because i never even got into it thinking like you know it's not it's not about that for me it was just like i need to do something 
when I get stagnant in my life, yeah, I got to do something. I got to start something new to challenge myself. And like, I just wanted to, I had thought about podcasting for years and doing one. And I was just like, man, it's COVID. Like, what do you, what's your excuse? So I got on and just like bought like $800 worth of equipment. And once you do that, it's that feeling like when you, you buy a gym membership, like if you buy an expensive gym membership, you feel like you have to go do it now or you're, you're wasting that money. And it was like, I knew exactly. like, all right, I'm going to throw 800 bucks into this podcast and I'm just going to freaking do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know anything about audio editing. I don't know what a hosting site is or an RSS feed and all that stuff, but you learn it, you just start it. And then you learn along the way. And, uh, that's, yeah, look that's, at you now. Now you got Huntstock. Yeah, and who would have ever thought like the podcast would be the catalyst to like an idea like Huntstock that that could turn into something awesome. And right. you just don't know. You don't know where it's going to go when you start on a journey. Um, but that's what makes it fun and exciting. That's 100%. amazing, man. I really like it. Well, I guess I guess we can go down another rabbit hole real quick. And one of the questions that you know you've already answered this question once, but I'll ask again, man. Patch, Pat, what what? what drives you outdoors, man? What, what, what gets you out there? For me, it is, it's a hundred percent white-tailed deer right now. It's like, I'm obsessed with white-tailed deer and the fact that, uh, every single one is different. They got different personalities. They grow different headgear and I'm obsessed with just figuring them out. And that's, what's driving me out right now. I like you, it. You've got, you've got that bad itch. <laughs> Game of chess. <laughs> yeah. hundred yep. percent. I can make. You've been chasing one for a while. Yeah, you you had that one buck that you were chasing last year that disappeared and then showed back up again this year, right? Uh, yeah, there was. Well, the the buck that I call the Austin buck, with my son's name is Austin, um, and it was either the day or two days before he was born. I went to check a camera, and um, the first time I ever saw him, I jumped him out of the bed, and we had a stare down for about a minute and a half and he was just beautiful majestic and at that point it was like wow he is a giant buck and now after two years of experience i've seen a lot of bigger bucks than him but at that at that moment he was the biggest buck i'd seen like that close in person i just had an awesome connection with him then my son was born and uh he that year he was probably like a high 120s eight pointer and then um last year he was probably 135 eight pointer and I've never seen him in the season. He's, I've only seen him in few spots and both spots. You can't hunt. They're just camera spots for me to have inventory. And I got to figure out where he goes during the season on huntable land. Um, so I'm trying to piece that together. And, uh, I saw him this year, early June. Um, he's looking like he's growing awesome, uh, rack. And then that video that I posted the other day on Instagram, I thought was him actually isn't. I've, I, I've like analyzed it and, and it's definitely not him. He's got a different rack, this eight pointer that I, that I saw the other day, checking the camera. This, this rack goes out wider. He's got different brow times further apart. Um, and the, you know, the Austin buck goes high and tight. So I haven't seen him since early June to see what he looks like now with head gear, but I'm definitely going to be hunting him this year. <laughs> that's awesome you it's bet. a bad addiction man to watch them grow and get where they got to be and and get on them i think it's crazy uh, one of the benefits you have in massachusetts is that you if it's not posted you can hunt it right yep yep the state the state law is if the land isn't posted um then you can hunt it there are different towns you got to be careful around because each town 
a lot of towns, especially closer to Boston, you get will have uh, town bylaws that um, won't allow you to, you know, so that and then that supersedes the state law, according to a lot of people. So you just got to be careful in, in some towns. That makes crazy. sense. That's well, totally different. Pat, real quick, where can everybody one more time find you and find information as well as where they can buy their tickets? Yeah. Um, find me at Hunt Suburbia on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. It's all at Hunt Suburbia. Um, the Instagram has um, uh, the link tree, which you can get to uh, my subscribe to the podcast. It'll link out to the YouTube page and link out to the tickets. So just find me on Instagram and, and follow me there. And please, if anybody wants to send an email or talk about anything, like email me at HuntSuburbia at gmail.com. Um, I, I reply to every single person and, um, yeah, man, I'm just super happy to be a part of this industry that, uh, I never thought I would be a part of. And, um, uh, it's fun. It's rewarding. Thank you guys for having me on. You guys have been awesome. And like I said, like Trevor, uh, you've been great at introducing me to a bunch of people too. And I really appreciate that. Absolutely, man. Can't wait to see you at Huntstock. <laughs> me too, dude. Yeah. It's going to be a good time guys. I can't tell you enough how important it is to support it, especially if you're in the Northeast. But uh, it'll be really cool to see some folks come out from the Midwest, from the West, from the South. You know, let's really mix it up. So I highly encourage you all to get on there, get some tickets, come up and check out this show because it's going to be one of a kind. It's not going to be like any outdoor show you've ever been on. So I will leave it at that. And until then, guys, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.